copy my father. I well and truly am a daddy's girl and I look up to him and I want to do and be everything that my dad is. And this is how our relationship with our heavenly father should be. We know that we are to imitate God. Ephesians 5.1, follow God's example. What I'm going to talk about today is personal to all of us. It's challenging and something that we're all guilty of overcomplicating and falling short in. Forgiveness. Imitating God means forgiving as God forgives. Corrie ten Boom was described as by Billy Graham as one of the greatest Christian heroines of the 20th century. During the Second World War, the Ten Boom family, who were dedicated Christians, hid over 800 Jews in their home in the Netherlands and helped them escape the Nazis. Eventually, their family were arrested and imprisoned in a concentration camp. Both her father and her sister died in the camp. And 10 days before she, Corey, and her age group were supposed to be gassed, she was released from the camp. Her story took her all over the world, leading hundreds to faith. She confessed to know everything there was to know about forgiveness until God challenged her. One day she was talking at a church in Berlin and a man came up to her and said, do you know me? And she most certainly did. This man was a guard in the camp that she and her sister were in. She was one of the cruelest, he was one of the cruelest guards. And since the end of the war, he had come to faith. And he'd asked God for forgiveness, but he'd also asked God for the opportunity to ask one of his victims for forgiveness. And so he went up to Corrie and he said, will you forgive me? And Corrie Tenroon says this, I knew, oh, I knew that I was not ready for Jesus to come real quick because I have no forgiveness for him. I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. Then I took one of these beautiful texts, one with boundless resources, Romans 5.5. 5. The love of God is shared abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. I said, thank you, Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who was given to me. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred. That same moment I was free and I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was if I felt God's love stream through my arms. This story of radical forgiveness was my, the first assignment of my degree three years ago. What I didn't know was that this was the beginning of God challenging me to forgive, to forgive, to radically forgive someone who broke me to love this person the way God loves them. I'm sure many of us here will agree that we forgive. The question I ask you is how do you forgive? Today's passage is Matthew 18, 21 to verse 35. The unmerciful servant. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I will forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, 
I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like the king who wanted to settle accounts with the servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and their children and all that he had were to be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay back the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told the master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy? on your fellow servant just as I had on you. In anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that is owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. When I first read this passage, it really challenged me and made me think about how I treat the people I love the people who love me, the people God loves. Unique to Matthew, the parable follows on from Jesus clarifying with his disciples and on his identity and mission. In chapter 18, we see Jesus, who is coming to the end of his earthly ministry, instructing his disciples on how to live a life of community that characterizes their Christian relationship with one another around the world. Within rabbi tradition, you are only to forgive a sinner up to three times. That means if someone sins against you a fourth time, you do not forgive them. Just think about that. How many times has someone sinned against you? Peter, knowing the historical background and Jesus' teaching on forgiveness, generously asks, Shall I only forgive seven times? That's over double the quota of rabbi tradition. Within today's culture, this is more than generous. We only give second chances if we can bear it. But Jesus says, not seven seven times, but 77 times. And as we'll see further on in the passage, we're not to take this number quite literally. Jesus is not saying, keep a tally of how many times you forgive your brother and sister. Jesus is saying, stop counting and start forgiving. Luke 17, verse 3 to 4 says, If a brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times a day and seven times come back to you saying, 
I repent, you must forgive them. Always, always forgive. But this is challenging for us, for us that are fallen and are full of emotion, for beings who don't believe that we have the strength to forgive. Just like Peter, who thought he was imitating the love of Jesus by keeping count of how many times someone sinned against him, we as emotional beings keep count of all that's been done against us. But what if God kept count of our sins against him? Imagine what that would look like. We are fallen human beings who sin on a daily basis. Imagine if God forgave limitedly. God is a God of love. He knows our every need, and so he doesn't leave at forgive unlimitedly. He shows us, he walks us through it step by step, ensuring that Peter truly understands the answer to his question. Forgiveness is fundamental. It's a subject that needs to be spoken about. It's a subject that needs to be understood. So Jesus ensures there is no misunderstanding, confusion, miscommunication. When a young child asks you a complicated question, how do you answer? We want them to learn, to develop, and so we simplify things by the telling of a story. And this is what Jesus did, the parable of the unmerciful servant. The first point of this message is that God forgives unlimitedly. So let's read through the passage again. Matthew 18, 23 to 27. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. A parable on attitude, not action. Jesus tells Peter that this is a story that describes what forgiveness is like for those who believe. Simply, the king represents the Lord of heaven, God, and the servants represent the disciples, us, Peter. And he began the settlement. A man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had to be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. He let him go. The master took pity and cancelled the debt of a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Within ancient Greek, 10,000 is the highest number. That means that this man owed an enormous amount, an unpayable amount. This today has been calculated to be over a billion dollars. Would you have met, let a man go if he owed you over a billion dollars? The normal protocol within the ancient world was to sell the servant's family to slavery as punishment, which is almost what happened to this man and his family. But instead, the, ca the king cancelled this enormous debt and let the servant and his family free. He walked away free. To have been in this much debt 
the servant would have had significant power. Perhaps he was a governor or the king or a collector of taxes. A trusted servant of the king. That's who we are as believers. A trusted servant of the king. Imagine, imagine being in that much debt with God. Here it is evident that grace is at work. The servant asked for patience, but what he got, what he got was so much more than patience. It's so much more than what we can comprehend. The king took pity. The king gave compassion. And compassion is repeated throughout the gospel. We see it characterizes Jesus' behavior and emotions. And we see compassion when Jesus went up to the crowds who were harassed and helpless. We see compassion when Jesus fed the 5,000. And we see compassion when Jesus went up to the two blind men on the roadside. The servant asked for patience, but what he got was more than expected. Patience, compassion, and forgiveness. God forgives compassionately. He cancels all our debts. He forgives unlimitedly. Forgiveness is to be celebrated. Forgiveness set the servant free. Forgiveness sets you and I free. Don't limit that freedom. Don't limit what God has given you. How? How do you forgive? The second point of this passage is forgive from your heart. Verses 28 to 30. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back all that you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay back the debt. Well, that was unexpected. But was it? Was it really? Because we, the people who confess to know and love God, the God who forgives our sins, have, and for some of us, still continue to treat our fellows and our fellow brother and sisters exactly like this servant. We are forgiven, but we don't always forgive the way that God forgives. This man who was an enormous debt to the king has just been forgiven and immediately it appears that he's forgotten. He leaves and goes to physically an attack and demand that a fellow servant pays him back what he owes. A hundred silver coins. That's about a hundred dollars. In comparison to his debt, a hundred silver coins is nothing, but it was an offense. And the point that Jesus is trying to make is yes, this man owed him a hundred silver coins. He sinned against him, but it's nothing in comparison to how that servant sinned against the king. And therefore, he should compassionately forgive as he was forgiven. 
this astonishing act of compassion shown towards him seems to have meant nothing. There was no grace. He expected the servant to do something that he couldn't do. He listened and watched as the servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. These exact same words came out of his mouth and instead of showing compassion, he sent him to prison to be freed only when he paid the debt he owed him. The forgiven servant had a hardened heart. You see, what this parable taught Peter and Jesus us for those who sin against us, those who are in debt to us, is it's not comparable to our sin against God. Their sin is not comparable to our sin against God. We forget, like the forgiven servant, that we are in enormous debt. But he shows us patience, compassion, and forgiveness. This leads me to my last point. God will make eternal judgment. Verses 31 to 35. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went out and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called in the servant. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he showed until he should pay back all he owed. And Matthew finishes with this. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. The king was angry. He'd shown mercy and it meant nothing. It's hard, it's, it's had not an impact on the servant personally. This man was wicked and his selfish behavior overpowered him. And so the king sent him to be tortured until he paid back everything that he owed. Metaphorically, Jesus is talking about hell. Addressing Christians, Jesus paints an honest picture for the Christians. And he warns us on the consequences of not forgiving a brother or sister from the heart. Our eternal judgment is at stake. As Christians, I challenge you, I challenge myself, to forgive as I, as you have been forgiven. Forgive as you have been forgiven. And I'm gonna repeat it for a third time because it's so important and we need to be reminded. Forgive as you have been forgiven. Forgiveness is not a consequence of salvation, it's a condition. We forgive because we have been transformed by the power of the gospel. When I was first asked to preach, I spent a long time going back and forth with God, asking what he wanted me to share on. And he made it so evidently clear. 
I wanted to share on something that not only challenged myself or you, but was a subject that we all struggle with on a daily basis. Many of us here have been through unimaginable pain. We have suffered, and many of us are still suffering. Perhaps people you thought loved you have hurt you. We're emotional beings, and when we hurt, we hurt, and we hold grudges. Jesus not only told Peter his answer and then simplified the answer by telling him a challenge, a challenging story, Jesus walked on this earth and he was challenged too. We know that he was tempted and we also know that he had to forgive. Luke 23:34. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. These words are the same are the last words, some of the last words that Jesus breathed before his death. As he suffered unimaginable pain, he forgave. He was mocked, beaten, betrayed, and pinned upon a cross, put to death for declaring the truth, and he forgave. I believe that all of us here today have forgiven but our attitude towards forgiveness can perhaps be weak. And for others of us, we've been so badly hurt that forgiveness is not a question. It's a definite no. It's you've hurt me and you don't deserve forgiveness. But the thing is, our debt to God is incomparable. Our debt to God is so big so unpayable that no one can be in that much debt to us. Everyone deserves forgiveness. Forgiveness is a word full of emotion, but it's a word of celebration. His blood shed on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And as disciples, we are called to imitate God's love. So, how do you forgive the way God forgives us as fallen beings? Forgive from the heart. Forgiveness is a choice. Jesus on the cross chose to forgive those who sinned against him. And so I encourage you here today to take time with God. Read your Bible and ask God for forgiveness. Seek his strength to assess all the hurts that you have lived. With, and not only with God, but with those who love you. And I encourage you to seek God with them in that. Find appropriate support in that too. Here in this building, God has blessed you with a trusted community that loves you. Don't hide away from your sufferings. Tell God, because he knows. Our God is a God of relation, and to forgive the way that he forgives, you need to be in relationship with him. Forgiveness is not forgetting. I'm not going to promise you that you're going to forget everything that's ever happened to you. 
So I challenge you today to remember that forgiveness means that we choose not to hold offence against someone. God will help you forgive the way he forgives. We choose with our mind, but we forgive with our whole heart. Lord Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the word that you have given me, Lord. And I just pray that my brothers and sisters here would would know your love and know the truth and know that they are forgiven, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that today that they would not be fearful of you, but they would stand strong in your strength, Lord, and forgive those who have hurt them with all their heart. In Jesus' name, amen.